The following is a conversation with Fred Beato, a Cuban-American musician, drummer, and owner of the drum bag company Beetle Bags. Fred talks about his Cuban heritage, collaborating with his childhood friend Dave Pack of Ambrosia, and the importance of making high-quality products for his company, Beetle Bags. Afterwards, we'll have an after show. For those just tuning in to Pepe and Ibra for the first time, I'm Pepe, a.k.a. Joanna Glass, and Ibra, a.k.a. A. Perez, is my bandmate, and we are professional musicians who play in a two-piece rock band called Glass Spirits. This podcast will have guests who are musicians or professionals in the music and entertainment business. They'll have music tips, discuss issues within the music industry, what inspires them, and their creative process. Our current schedule is to publish once a week, and we have all the episodes filmed and in the can ready to go. So you'll definitely get 12 episodes, one episode a week. Uh, if we get a positive response, we'll have a second season. So make sure you like, comment, rate, and review this podcast. The theme of this season is Voyager. Many of our guests have come from all over the world or their transplants from across the country. And the voyage doesn't have to be physical. Many of them have had emotional and spiritual voyages as well. And in this episode, Fred definitely shows that he's had a courageous voyage. Uh, he talks about being one of the participants in Operation Peter Pan, a U.S. government-sponsored program that was meant to fight against the effects of communism in Cuba. And it involved a mass evacuation of Cuban children between 1960 to 1962. Fred arrived to America by himself when he was 10 years old and was separated from his parents. This might be an emotional story for some of our audience members. Therefore, viewer and listener discretion is advised. We'll also put timestamps in the description and add show notes. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe on YouTube, give it five stars, and leave a good review on Apple Podcast. Support us on Patreon and connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or our website, pepeandibra.com. Now, without further ado, Here's our conversation with Fred Beato. Okay, we have Mr. Fred Beato, my Cuban brother. Is it Beato or Beato? What is it? Uh, it's up to you. It's your name. <laughs> Fernando Beato. <laughs> Okay. You know what they used to call me in Cuba? Okay. In school. Well, yeah, I have to translate. They used to go Beato Carregato, and I used to get so upset they would say Beato Catface uh, in first grade. That's crazy, man. So why don't we start off um, the fact that we're both from Cuba. Um, I was born in 1954. I left in 1956. My dad didn't feel right about Castro he was coming into power and right before it all happened we left we went to Miami and we left Miami and I went to Tampa I lived in Tampa Florida eight years then I came here to California where I've lived the rest of my life so why don't you say a little bit of your his story is incredible it's like heavy it should be a movie actually want to give well, a little rundown well me and uh, not me. I, and I think it was like close to 2,000 or 3,000, I forgot. We were called Peter Pan kids, Pedro Pan, meaning that there was a rumor going around that Castro was going to be sending all the kids uh, to Russia to be trained, to become technicians of the revolution, whatever, wow. whatever the hell he called it. And a lot of the parents started freaking out. And then they started sending their children out of Cuba to get them out of harm's way without them. Just what year is this, Fred, more or less? 1962. Okay, so I was gone. So okay. I, I think it started in 61 and it ended okay. in 62. I was, I was 10 gone. years old. Okay. So my mother put me in a plane to come to America without having, well, I, I, I was fortunate. I had my aunt and uncle that came from New York to take care of me and my two other cousins that also fled as Peter Pan kids. But there were thousands of little kids 
that came to America. They had to go to these foster homes. I mean, it was brutal. A lot of kids were sent uh, all over the country. Some of them never saw their parents again. So it was a brutal thing. So, But I came out in 1962. I was uh, 10 years old. And then you lived with your grandma? At first? No, I lived uh, with my aunt and uncle in I Florida know. and my other and my cousins that they had left. They had left prior. They left in they, they, they started splitting in 60 and 61. I was the last of the grandkids to get out. 1962. When was your mom able to come to my mom? That's another thing. They had the Cuban Missile Crisis and um, Castro shut the doors and nobody could leave the country. And. He finally reopened them in 1969 because there was so much starvation going on that he figured if you were not of military age and you were either a woman or you were a, uh, a, a senior citizen, like an old person, you'd be better off getting the hell out. Okay. So, so then my mother was able to reunite with me when I was like 17 years old. 17. And, and, and how long... Have you not seen her for? Seven years. Wow. That's, it was brutal stuff, man. That's heavy, man. And, uh, you know, that's but very we're lucky heavy. that we're here. You know, we're lucky that we're yeah, here yeah. because. Um, no, yeah, we would have. Really Fred, tough. if you and I would have stayed there, we wouldn't have had the life we had. I mean, I'm not saying we're millionaires, billionaires, but this leads me to my next story. You've done well for yourself. Um, forming beetle bags, you can show the. the oh, you want to see a bag? I'm yeah, yeah. Show everybody one of your bags. Uh, I own a bunch of those bags. Turn it around. It's a sideways. Beetle bag. Uh, sideways. Tom -tom right bag. Let me see, Fred. This is the Cordura series. Yeah. Um, so, I have a bunch of drum sets, and I put them in beetle bags. <laughs> and before I even met Fred. I t Whoa, sorry about that. Um, I told him, when I finally spoke with him, I said, by the way, I've got a bunch of your bags. You won't believe it. Gong, congas, everything at my house. And when you came over, you probably were surprised. <laughs> How you, many? You have more bags than me, man. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, you got about, what, 25 drum sets, 20 drum sets? Not quite so many, but between my percussion and... You know, my gong, everything, you know, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff that I, I keep have. telling you, sell all that stuff. Want to buy them? No, I don't want to buy them, okay. but I want you to buy like a oh, silver sparkle or champagne sparkle I already, kit. I already took care of the silver. My last set was uh, a blue um, acrylic in the middle, a hybrid set from Spawn. Silver sparkle on top, silver sparkle on the bottom. So, and all silver, which was your idea, all silver sparkle snare. It pops, right? Yeah, dude. Does it ever pop? Yeah. And you I got to plug Spawn drums, Brian. They're the best drums I've ever played. And Simtech cymbals um, also come from Brian Spawn. So what else can we talk about? Um, let me see. Fred, you have done some good things in music. Uh, you not only went to school with Dave Pack and were in a band, you can tell him about that one, uh, the Symbols of Time, right? When we were kids, I went to Torrance High School, and uh, it's a true story. The way I formed the band, remember, I was very fortunate to live in the renaissance of rock and roll when everything happened. It started with the Beatles and the Ed Solomon Show, you know, and everybody went crazy. Everybody started all of a sudden letting their hair grow, buying, you know, Panamanian boots to try to be like Ringo and Paul McCartney. That's why I started playing drums. Well, the minute I saw him, not to interrupt you, but the minute I saw him on Ed Sullivan. Well, yeah, you you and half the country. over. You and half the country. So the way, so I really got the bug to start playing music. And I don't know what the hell I was doing. But I said, I'm going to form a band. I was a freshman in high school. So the way I did it, I would ask people, you know anybody that plays a trumpet? And then a girl would say, yeah, uh, Mike Denler plays the trumpet. Oh, really? Who's Mike Dentler? That little blonde-haired surfer-looking guy there. Okay. So we'll go up to Mike Dentler and go, Hey, Mike, can you play the Lonely Bull? And then he would say, Yeah, I can play the Lonely Bull. I said, You're in the band. Ah. Next. Oh, there's a guy named Bill Kaler that plays the saxophone. Really? Hi, Bill. My name is 
Fernando Beato back in the day, and I hear you play the sax. Yeah, I do. Can you play tequila? Yeah, I can play tequila. You're in the band. So I went like that, and I formed a nine-piece band like that wow. by asking people, can you play? Can you play? Okay, you're in the band. And then we started playing. We started rehearsing, and then the band started getting, it started getting hot for some reason. We were a bunch of little kids, you know. Talk about Dave Pack. When well, he, anyway, so David Pack, that is a phenomenal, I mean, that guy oh, yeah. is a genius, musical genius. Now, was he already that good in high school, or did he develop? He was good from day one. Really? Oh, wow. shit. I saw him doing uh, an assembly at <clears throat> Torrance High School. They used to have those assemblies right. for the yeah. football season. Yeah, yeah. And, and we used to play them all the time. It was fun. You know, we thought we were the Beatles with all the people screaming. <laughs> but anyway, the first time I saw him, he sang a song. I forgot what it's called. He used to go, see the pyramids alone. Okay. Yeah. When I saw him, I I looked at him and I said, I thought right there, I go, this guy is going to make it. I knew it. Wow. I knew it. Wow. And then later, after our group broke up, he started Ambrosia. And those guys are Definitely one of the best American oh, yeah. bands yeah, ever. They had great songs. Yeah, well, a lot, he's a, a lot he, of hits. And, and he wrote all the songs, man. He wrote the songs. He wrote them and he sang them. Ooh, all the hits. I didn't know he wrote the songs. Oh yeah. So anyway, we we kind of reconnected after what real, 40 real years. quick about the symbols of time before you move on. Tell them what you want in the battle of the oh, bands. So that, you the know, whole state the, of California. No, more than that. Uh, back in the day. Uh, Everybody was in a band, and every in every block in America, you had a band getting ready for the battle of the bands. It was like before the pandemic, like you know, soccer with the little kids and and baseball and whatever. Back in the sixties, after the Beatles hit, it was about being in a band. Oh, we got matching suits, we got matching turtlenecks. It was about being in a band. Everybody competing, and they had battle of the bands all over the country. <laughs> So we entered this California, it was JCs. There was an organization called the JCs. I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't. You know, that's kind of like, it's a, I don't know if it's like a Christian organization. It, it, they were called JCs. Okay. And we entered the Battle of the Bash, and we kept winning, winning, winning. And then eventually at the Strawberry Festival they, they used to have, I don't know if they still have it, we won out of the state of California for the whole state. So then... And I got to tell you real fast, that was a weird thing because at the Strawberry Festival, the day that we won the Battle of the Bands, you know who was there saying his last campaign stop? Bobby Kennedy, man. Oh, wow. And I and I saw him real close. I go, oh, my God, there, there's, there's Bobby Kennedy. Mm -hmm. And the next day they shot him and they killed him. Wow. I mean, that was brutal stuff. Mm. But anyway, uh, then after that... Uh, we went to Atlantic City, New Jersey, representing the state of California. Oh, wow. I didn't even know it went that far. We went out of the whole country, man. Oh, my God. So we, so we went to uh, Atlantic City, and, and we won the Battle of the Bands out of the 50 states. Wow. That is, I didn't. I thought it was California. I didn't know. It no, it was like it was the United States. So, I mean, wow. we, we came very close, but, like, you know, it wasn't meant to be. That could go on and on. So anyway, about so it. then Dave Pack formed that so, so, and obviously. Yeah. Then you ended up hooking up with him years later again and, and making the album, right? It's a long story, mm. but yeah, I, I I reached out to him like forty years. See, I'm sixty-eight, so it was about ten years ago, I think. And right? what was the name of that CD and everything? Let everybody. Beetle know. Band. Yeah, good, Beetle great band. CD. So anyway, so I reached out to Dave. Hey, how you been? Oh my God! And then it turned out. That we were living like a mile from each other in, in South Orange County. Wow. So then we kind of reconnected. And at the time, I was attempting to do an album. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the hell I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, would you mind being a guest in my record doing the song? And then he told me, I'm good for two. He told me that. Man, my heart was going like this. I go, mm -hmm. oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe he's going to be. But then once we started doing it, he says, Never mind your record, man. I want to do our record. And I was heartbroken because everybody was so excited that Dave Pack was part of the project. And then he kind of took it a different direction. And then we ended making a record called Beetle Band. 
and then I did my I finished my album and it's called Tale of the Shark. So but the experience of of being around David Pack in a, in a recording situation, man, that is mind-boggling. What, what what a talented human being and uh, a beautiful voice. You know, everybody knows Dave's hit records. And and what's neat about that record uh, that we have a ballad in that record yeah. uh, that Path We're On that was written by Steve Pocaro from Toto. And the way that happened, uh, one day I was having lunch with my dear friend that just passed away, Joe Pocaro. We were very close. And I said, Joe, man, I, it, 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 it'd be great to write a great ballad, man, you know, but I, I don't know how to write, man. You know, I got to have people tell me. Anyway, and he said, well, there's a song that Steve did years ago, and I have a demo Maybe you can do Steve's ballad. And when I heard that melody, man, I said, are you kidding me? And then I showed it to Dave Pack, and he immediately said, I want to sing that song. And anyway, there's a ballad in that album, Beatle Band, that if, if the industry was not what it is today, I have no doubt that song could have gone somewhere. Because what was it, the name of that one? The Path We're On. Okay. And it was written by Steve Pocaro, and it's a beautiful song. But anyway, so what's that's the one on. that you sang on that one? That no, you, no, that I, you talked. Yeah, you sang it. You sang it. Oh yeah, yeah, like oh Cuba BC. Yeah, and that then, one touched me. Yeah, and then Dave Pack wrote a song about my mom and I. You know, uh, it's called Cuba BC, and it's another. I mean, that was crazy. That, that's like a, the story of my life. But nobody cares. Nobody's gonna, you know, buy it. Nobody buys records anymore. It's, I made the record. And whether I sell one, I, we, we sold a few, but my, my point is, whether it sold one or ten or a hundred, in my mind, it went platinum. There you That's go. the way I feel about it. You did what you wanted to do. You, you were creative musically. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, music is luck. Oh, no shit. It's not always how good you are. It's who you know. Yeah, but this. And the break that you get. Yeah, but this day and age, man, there's so many good musicians out there, man. They're a dime a dozen. And you want to know what, though? It's not even always about the best musicians, these prolific, heavy technical players. Uh, I've learned, and, and I know you're from this school, the bands that do well and the bands that gel well are the bands that play to the song and play with taste and groove good they're part of a unit you could be the best individual but if you don't groove with that man and the band doesn't groove with you it's it's just not going to happen and it's it's that way whether you're talking about sports whether you're talking about a relationship you have to be a team player you have to have a connection and whether it's a relationship a band there's got to be a group. Joanne and I have been together six years, over six years, mm -hmm. and um, I have fought less with this band than any other band. We've had our arguments, but... Well, you're like a macho man or something? No, no. Oh. If anything, she's the one that, you know, kicked my ass a couple of times, but oh, I... Come on. <laughs> I got out of line and did some things that she didn't go for. Should I talk about it? No, no, okay, no. Okay, I won't talk about you, it. Without Joanne, you'd be history. I Probably. keep telling you. Uh, okay. You, I, you know, you, you know, you got to count your lucky start that you got her, is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I, I pay her. Thank I, you, Fred. I pay her I pay her Not 100 enough. bucks a week. <laughs> the thing is, she hasn't seen any money yet. I'm saving it. Hey, talk, I, I, I'll talk about another subject. Okay. If you don't mind. Not no, yeah, no, that's what this is all about. My friend Abe here... Got a little bit overweight. A little bit. And a lot. All of a sudden, he started putting all this pose. Hey, I lost a pound. I lost two pounds. I lost three pounds. And I'm going, what is with this Dave and this diet that he's talking about? Make the story short, because we talk all the time. Hey, man, I lost five pounds. And then a week later, hey, I lost another eight pounds. I go, man, what the hell's going on with this thing? And all of a sudden, I start hearing, hey, I lost 30 pounds. Hey, I lost... And... I started looking at myself in the mirror, and my stomach getting bigger and bigger, looking looking like a senior citizen, okay? And I said, I'm going to have to check this diet out that Abe's talking about. Anyway, 
he hooked me up and because of him i joined this diet and it is mind-boggling i mean i'm no you know arnold schwarzenegger or anything like that but i gotta tell you that i started at 220 and today i'm down to 194 yeah. so these, this thing really works it really works and you know it, it's like a medical supervised diet they give you shots every day they work with you you it's a commitment but I want to thank you for turning me yeah, on, my man. Pleasure, because man. You know, you know, we're flirting with diabetes, we're fl flirting with heart problems, and and the and, and 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 the fact that you have lost all this weight. He's lost like what fifty? How many? No, no, no. I started at two eighty-five. It's been around three and a half months. I've lost as of today. I'm at two hundred five, eighty pounds. God bless you. Sir. That diet really works. So my my advice to all my fellow musicians out there, because of the coronavirus. Nobody's been gigging. Everybody's been sent home eating, eating, drinking. When it's time to go play music, you're not going to be able to bind your pants. So <laughs> I, I, I want to thank you again, man, because yeah, I'm, man. I'm staying the course till I'm 180 pounds. I'm I know. The I tried course. to buy Fred a, well, my partner here, Joanne Pepe Glass, tried to buy him a, a Starbucks and he didn't want one. I, I got, I got a, a, what, a low fat or sugar free one. And I haven't had, but yeah, you got to stay committed to that. But I, I told Fred, you can cheat a little bit, go off menu as long as you make it up. But he's being, he's being true. Let's talk about your band. What's happening with your okay. band, man? Glass Spirits. We're, um, Joanne, can you talk? Uh, Pepe? Yeah, I, I've got it on. Maybe you guys can, uh, to segue. Oh, uh, am I in the way of the logo? Uh, Hang on. Okay, go ahead. Hey, talk about the logo. Yeah, okay, yeah. this logo, logo Glass here, Spirit. Um, my partner, Joanne Pepe Glass, came up with it. It's a combination. I'm Cuban, and she's Filipino. The star is from the Cuban flag. These designs here are from the Filipino flag. And then the GS together in the center, obviously, for glass spirits. So we're proud to be Americans, though. Don't get us wrong. But we just thought this would be something unique and different. Very cool. Very nice. As far as our band, we're going to, this is going to be our studio. We're going to start rehearsing here, filming live uh, podcasts, filming live um, performances, and putting all that in, which um, Joanna does on all the social media. What? TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, mm -hmm. Facebook. What am I? Spotify. Yeah. What am I missing? Um, I think you've got it, yeah. And we should, you know more about this. And, and, you, and you came from the days of putting a, a dime on a telephone? Let me tell you, Fred. You come a long life, way, you know, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, I mean, you're, you're Life happening. and music has changed. At first, I was all against it. I was telling uh -huh. Joanne, nah, I don't want to do all this bunch of bullshit. Somebody will hear us and pick us up. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the story. <laughs> we sent out packages electronically, what's called the... Uh, what do they call EPK. EPK. And physical ones. Yeah. All over the place. I called all those people back up. I mean, a lot of people. Some of them gave me the time and respect to talk to me, and they told me, all of them, this one exact thing. You guys have a great band. If it was just listening, you're very unique, you're two people, I would sign you guys, I'd manage you guys, whatever. But it's not like that nowadays. You have to have your social media exploded. Everything. Many, many, many views, videos that go viral. Then we come and get you. So that's what they want nowadays. They want bands <clears throat> that are killing it on TikTok, on YouTube. Their videos got, you know, if not a million, close to it, in the hundreds of thousands. And I, I said a, um, a question what would you guys do if you heard a band that was exactly as good as the Beatles but different? <clears throat> would you work with them and then build them? All of them said, N-O, no. I go, you got to be kidding me. No. That's not how the music world works now. Because I would think if somebody was that good, or even our band, which I feel is that good, we could be represented play some nice, you know, festivals and big concerts and work our way up. You can always build the social media, but that's not how it works. 
And when things are a certain way, whatever it is, if you go to the DMV, whatever it is you do, you got to follow the rules. So unfortunately, that's just the way things are. So my partner, Pepe, has been working and doing things that's way beyond me. And she'll be putting those things she already has on. We have our Glass Spirits uh, YouTube with many videos, but we also have Pepe and Ibra, the name you like. Um, Pepe, Joanne, Pepe, that's her nickname, and mine, Ibra, <clears throat> on YouTube, everybody. And she talks all about different things and what you do. And most of that goes over my head. <clears throat> but she knows what she's doing. And what she's doing is to prepare us when we come out with videos, when we come out with anything, to be seen by as many people without having to spend money. Because if you got the money, yeah, money can open doors. But if you don't have the money, you got to make it happen somehow. So according to what Joanne's doing within time, this is going to pay off. And she works on this big time. Incredible. On her own. I hey. do what I can, but she's the one putting all that work in. Like so I anyway, said, without her, <laughs> I'd be in here by myself. Right anyway, <laughs> since you mentioned Feso, I might as well plug the band that I'm working with, of right? Course, of course. I'm working with a with a blues rock band uh, um, titled uh, New Blues Revolution. And uh, the leader of the band, Bill Grisalia, he... Uh, he puts together every year this this big blues festival in Long Beach, and we were gonna do it last August, but it, it got canceled. And they, he had a bunch of like Grammy winning stars playing it, man. Wow. And then Harvey Mason, right, uh, right, I remember. yeah, it's gonna be like Rubber Craig, a bunch of like platinum oh, artists. He, yeah. Anyway, it's supposed to be on this August if the if if, if the Stable permitted, and he got the same artist to play this year's show. Oh, great! So anyway, so I'm playing with New Blues Revolution. Um, I kind of, me personally, I kind of moved on from recording. Although they package telling me we're going to do album number two, but I got so heartbroken about how hard it is to really promote a record that I'm now more into working on my instrument to become a better musician. And to play live. That's what I want to do now is just perform. Not so much about being in the studio because there's millions and millions of people in the studio. So that's what I'm into right by now. Way, I'm not knocking what you're by doing. By the way, but. Fred's a very good professional, solid, very tasty drummer with great meter. I just tell it like it is. You are, brother. Thank you, man. But you know who 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 the who the... Ringo. The main guy is Ringo Starr, yeah, the greatest drummer that ever lived. That's you know, <laughs> Ringo Starr, the greatest, and that's who I admire. And I know a lot of drummers, and there's a lot of great drummers, but Ringo Starr to me, number well, one. Ringo and the Beatles, man. The Beatles. Yeah, number nobody one. Nobody had as many hits as the Beatles, and I don't think it'll ever happen like that yeah. again. Um, something that I do with my um, self as a drummer percussionist. With our band, Glass Spirits, of course, I play the drums, but I also play percussion. And after this podcast, we're filming a live um, uh, live recording of us doing acoustic, because we don't just do electric, we do acoustic. I'm playing the congas. I'm sitting on my cajon, and um, we'll be doing something that we'll be, you know, we'll be um, putting that out for USC. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, you 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 can't buy that kind of publicity. No, hell no. So see, those are the things Joanne does on the ground in the USC. Is for what group I keep in telling USC? you, she's a younger generation. Stop it already. You, you used to going at the payphone and and putting a dime, and then you were putting a quarter in. Now there's not even payphones anywhere in the no, country. Nothing. There's every there's no eight no. tracks, but I still got my damn. I still have my eight track. No, my cassette player, and I still have my turntable right down there, and I have a collection of the the British Invasion, a collection, and I have a collection of Motown, because I grew up with all that. Motown's great stuff. So man. it's all the best of Motown, man, from James Brown, Marvin Gaye, the Four Tops, 
the good temptations, stuff. good stuff, all of that. So, I got my my records that I put on. I love to hear that little scratchy, you know. That's beautiful. So man. I'll never lose that. Um, you know, it's like, like I said earlier. We were fortunate that we lived in the Renaissance at Rock and Roll. I remember running to the drugstore <laughs> to get the Beatles' new 45. Remember, like, oh my God, they came out with a with a whatever, you know, strawberry fields. Okay, run, run, run. Let's, let's go to the drugstore. Oh, there it is, there it is. And then you would look at the record, and you would, I mean, those days of of, and then in the 70s, you could go to a record shop, and everybody shopping for music. I miss those eggs, no, man. I know. You man. know? Uh, there used to be one in um, downtown Covina. It was real pop. I, I can't even think of the name, but it was there. Well, you forever. were in a band that did a, a gig in front of the warehouse or something, you told me? Or? Yeah, a band I was in uh, called Inner Voice. We had an investor, and he was pretty much investor record company because he paid for everything. And um, I took the CD in there. They loved it, and they they put it in on consignment. We were right there next to Michael Jackson, and because you know it was inner voice, so the eye was next to Michael Jackson, and yeah, they allowed us to play unplugged inside different warehouses, outside concert, and things were going really well, really well. But I won't get into like that band because that band's over. But uh, you know, I've done well. Another thing I did was with a band called Yankee Rose that. Ended up doing really, really well, and we played a lot with Van Halen. We were among the top, I have an article, top five bands ever to play the strip, ever. That's great, man. It was us, Van Halen, Stormer, Bluebeard, uh, one other, Autograph. That's pretty, that's Riot a... Riot was around, you know, maybe the top seven band. So that's pretty um, heavy shit, man. There's another story what happened with that, but that that band could have gone all the way, had the talent. And I've done a lot of bonehead things. I had a I had a chance to audition for Martha Davis and the Motels, and less than I didn't go. And less than a year later, they made it. But the reason I didn't go, I was playing with John Nelson. John Nelson was a guitar player for Many Money, so I figured I'm going to stick with this guy for Many Money, right? Yeah. Martha Davis made it with a motel. She said, I'm starting a new trend in music. I go, what? I'm doing new wave. Well, what the hell is that? But ended up, I love the motels. The only the lonely right. and those songs. But I, you know, you snooze, you lose. And then another audition with um, Soundgarden. I talked to Chris Cornell and I had an audition. I canceled. I called back. <laughs> and then Chris Cornell told one of the other members, it's that guy that canceled. I think he's a flake. He goes, hey, man, I'm going to set you back up, but if you call again, don't even think about it. So I canceled again. And then he said, he hung up. He goes, oh, you're a flake. Don't even fucking call back and tell him. I believe so, it, man. Uh, Fred, I'm just curious. You know, you feel free if you want to talk about this or not. Because uh, a lot of people who aren't musicians glamorize getting signed and going into the studio and recording. But then earlier you just said, you know, you'd rather just go out and play and perform. What is it that you like about performing that you like better than being in the studio? To me, when you're when you're playing live, you 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 can feed off the people. You can really, you feel free. Is what I'm saying, uh, and you can experiment. You know, you can try different things. When you're in a recording situation, you're kind of like you know, trying to follow the click. You know, the engineer looking at you, you know, it, it, it's a whole different different thing. And, and to me, I, I find playing live a lot more exciting than recording. Mm. You know, that's why I said I, at my age, where I'm at at the moment, uh, I just take the performing life for me anyway, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That's what I, that's what I yeah. want to do. Because I already done the record thing and nothing came of it. And I don't want to keep beating my head against the wall like, oh, now we really got a record. And then you have to promote it. You got to sell it. You got to. And, and the biggest insult to me is when you get at the end of the month a check in the mail for $3 or $2.10. I mean, what the hell is that? Mm -hmm. After spending thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 making a record, not to mention all the time and all that sweats and people fighting, relationships breaking up. I mean, 
a lot of my friends went up and smoked making those two records with the jealousy and the personalities and the egos. And then you got to check in the mail for $2.90. Tough, man. That's why on my album, Tell of the Shark, I took it off the social media, man. I'm just giving it to everybody that buys a beetle bag. I'm sending a, a Tell of the Shark CD in the box just to get the word out because I, I, I love that album. And I'm very proud of it. And then at the end of the rainbow, because now we're posting each song in, in Facebook. I saw so, it. So people can hear them. Then when I'm done, I'm just going to land it, hopefully, in a couple of musical supervisors. And the event down the road, somebody wants to do it in a commercial or whatever. But my dear friend Joe Pocaro, man, that passed away, I'll never forget this. He, I went to a Christmas party probably four years ago at his son's house, Steve Pocaro. And we were both having a great time. It was a beautiful night. We're drinking a little white wine. And then he, he, he was talking about my record. I had just finished it. And he said, you know what, Beto? Just take it easy, man, because you never know when something's going to happen. It could be seven years down the road That's true. with music. It's not like I made a record and nothing happened. Okay, throw it in the trash. He says, you just sit tight and just see what happens. Because I, I heard it many times, even Dave Pack. It's true. I, I, I forgot the name of the song, but he wrote a song that was like a bomb. It, it, the record was a drag. And then like 10 years later, some soap opera. Later. You know, like a TV. Right, right, what right, do they right. call them, the soap yeah, opera? Yeah, yeah. The, anyway, there's a guy there singing the, the song. The soundtrack. A soundtrack, and it became like a major hit record. I, I, I don't know the name of the song. I forgot. But it, it's what I'm telling you. He thought that record was a bomb, and like five, six years later, wow. it came back out of nowhere. So I feel good about that. I feel like I've done my thing, and I just want to play live. That's it. I want to learn how to play the drums. That's what I want to do. Um, also about Beetle Bags, I want to mention that a lot, a lot of people not just people that play drums, but a lot of big people use your bags. Fred doesn't name drop, but very many famous drummers have been, you, you said just the other day, um, Dennis Chambers and um, uh, they, uh, Pete, yeah. Well, th these are friends from way back, man. You know, I started in 1982 with a company and then <laughs> There was like an invasion of Chinese bags, Indian bags, Mongolian bags, where right now there's about 300 drum bags in the market. But back in the 80s, I, I was the catch me out, man. I was yeah. the only guy in town. Mm -hmm. Now you got to fight for everything because there's so much competition. But that really doesn't only apply to making drum bags. Everything in life, there's competition that are ready to eat you alive. Oh, and, yeah. and for people that get cocky about, oh, I'm so hot on the guitar, or I'm so cool on the trombone, around the block, there's somebody better than you. And the sooner you get that and, and, and keep grounded and realize how much talent there is in the planet, it'll keep you, keep you moving forward in the right direction. Right, right. Well... Can you think of anything else we could talk uh, about? I mean, we've yeah, already I mean, covered. Uh, Fred, if you don't mind, this is empty, right? Uh, yeah. Taking this and then just maybe talking about, like, what is it about the Beetle Bags? You're talking about competition. You, uh, what makes the Beetle Bags special? Like, well, what, what makes a Beetle Bag special, a uh, few things. Number one, we're the only company in the planet that uses one-inch foam padding. Mm. Yeah. So a beetle bag got more protection, you know, unless you're gonna have like a like a hard case. Hard, hard case. Yeah. But as far as a gig bag, I believe that we're the only company that uses one-inch foam padding. Uh, another good feature of a beetle bag is uh, we use 10 CF YKK zippers, which is the thickest zippers you can get, and they last forever. Another uh, another yeah, I mean, I don't mind saying it because I'm an open book. I don't have to keep any secrets. All the clowns that make drum bags, <laughs> they all use cotton thread. 
cotton thread with the elements deteriorate. We use nylon thread. And not only is it nylon, it's BT-92, where if you would wrap it around your two hands and you would try to break it, you will be bleeding because I tried that one time. So it's not sewing the bag. It's keeping the bag from ripping. So I'm very uh, excited. And then on the Pro 1 Series, they're fire retardant. and uh, Waterproof, right? Awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they're waterproof. So a beetle bag, you know what? It's a one-time preposition. It might be a little bit more than a Chinese bag, but you're only going to buy it one time because... I can tell you that we are getting, believe it or not, repair jobs where the zipper finally went or something because they get uh, they get brittle after so many years. But we're getting repair jobs from 1982, and this is the year 2021. So <laughs> I'm very proud of the product we're putting out. And for the people that get it, they love beetle bags. But it's very confusing because there's so much competition out there. And at the same token... Some of the competition is very good. I'm not going to say my bag is the best. I'm saying what I got out there is damn good. That's all I'm saying. Do you have any uh, specials or new products coming up or that you... No, I'm done. I'm done coming up with new products. You know, we have the lineup drum bags where every product that we make, if we, no lo- we no longer sell our product in retail stores because they're all selling Chinese bags. You can only buy a beetle bag through me and through my e-commerce store or through the professional drum shop in Hollywood. That's my only customer because my company started at the pro shop. So, you know, we make all bags that we manufacture are custom bags. We make them for the artist. This guy might need a combo bag. This guy might, in other words, every order we make for the drummer. Uh, then, of course, we do the whole line of orchestra covers. We do mm. timpani covers, xylophone, marimba, chime. We also make the orchestra covers for Ludwig Musser. And last but not least, now we're going to start really pushing um, amp bags mm. for combo amps, a beetle bag with wheels to carry a oh, combo Joanne. amp. You need one. We're going to have uh, bags for, uh, you know, like Marshall heads, you know, like a beetle bag for a Marshall head kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. the bags are waterproof. How about for something like this? She would use as a friend of train weaver. And, yeah, and, and, and then we make uh, amp, co- amp dust covers and we make um, amp head covers. So we do covers and we're also going to be making beetle bags for amp heads and amplifiers. And I'm really excited. Oh, and also pedal bags for guitar players. So, oh, nice. but like again, it's it's getting the word out that it it, it costs us a million dollars. You know. But well, I I've had not just drum bags. The camera isn't pointing, but over there, I've got congas, bongos, a big old gong, timbales, and uh, yeah, a cajon. Have a camera pointing at yeah, it. we we also do co- we also do custom bags. Like, oh, hey, I got a cajon. Will you make me a custom bag? Yeah. What what's, what does it measure? Twenty three high, nineteen wide, eight. We also do custom bags. Yeah, behind that gong, there's a bunch of congas on the ground, and on top of them are bongos. Yeah. That are also made by you know beetle bag, and up in the living room, I got a bunch of drum sets. All beetle bags. Yeah, I, I, beetle I, bag. I'd like to say one last thing before I end it because, you know, when I hear my name, I kind of laugh. But this is a true story because, you know, everybody says Beto, right? Beto. That is my last name, by the way, because a lot of people think, oh, he made that name, how clever to go with a drum bag company, but it's not. But when I was leaving for America, this is a true story. You were too little, but everybody would buy a suit for the trip. And my aunt Nana took me to downtown Havana, me and my cousin. He, he got out six months before me, and we bought our suits for the trip. I, I'm talking the real deal, pinstripe suit, the whole deal. And I remember I was able to pick my tie. It was a yellow tie that I picked. And, and they packed talks about it in QBC. But anyway, as I was getting ready to go to the airport, I was so excited to see all my cousins not realizing what was going to go down, that I was not going to see my mom, my grandparents for seven years. I was 10 years old. 
And I, you know, they could, they were telling me here you can play baseball with lights at nighttime in Little League and you can chew gum. They got a bunch of new bazooka gums. You know, as a little kid, that's what you think about. And my grandpa started putting the tie on my suit. And I'll never forget. He kept saying, Beato. And he was doing his thing, Beato. <laughs> Beato. And about the fourth time, I said, I, I started getting bugged. And I said, Grandpa, why do you keep repeating my name? And he answered to me, because this is the last time you ever going to hear your name. Mm. And after that, he was right on the money. The minute I got to Miami, Beto, Beto, Bato, it was never Beato. Wow. Because my grandpa went to school at Lehigh University in Pennsylvania, and he graduated in 1908. But he knew the drill that once you got to this country, the name would never be the same. And anyway, that's the wow. true story. So when you said Beto, I kind of giggled because I... Thinking about my grandpa saying yeah, Beato, yeah, yeah. you know. But anyway, I hope I didn't bore you, you know, but wanted no, to tell you No, it's all good, man. That's yeah. what we're here for, to t tell stories. Yeah. yeah. Fred, you want to um, tell our audience where to find you, what your socials are, what your uh, website address is? Well, you can find me at Fred Beto, uh, Facebook, right? Fred Beto. And I I believe there's an Instagram page, too. Beto, be, either Beto USA or Beto Bags, I think, for Instagram. <laughs> okay. And then... The e-commerce store is uh, shop.beetlebags.com. You know, S-H-O-P dot beetlebags.com. And that's the store that we sell online. That and That's about it. You know, I'm not as happy as you guys with Tic Tac and this and that. I just got... You have another website. You have Beetle Band. So plug that. Oh, Beetle Band is the website that we <laughs> have when we did the record with Dave Pack like like six years ago or so, but I don't know if they keep it current, you know, because mm. he kind of moved on to other things, mm. but it, it might still be up. If, if somebody up. wants to hear the album I did with David Pack, it, it's under Beetleband, I believe, dot com. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's okay, about great. it. Great. Hey, what have... do you got? Yeah. Joanne, you're going to post that, or should yeah, I say? I'll, I'll post She'll post it. it. She'll I'll actually post it. put yeah, it. But what do you got? You got a Facebook page? Everything. Have... Joanne, tell them what, I, I mean. No, no, no. She has. What do you have? You don't even have a Facebook page. I do too. What, what do you mean? You're you always have writing your, you on have it. Your own website now. Yeah. Yeah. She even made me. She made me a website. You're gonna have your own. You know, you're styling it now. You're gonna have your own website. She, she already made it for me. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. She already made it for hey, me. Hey, you come a long ways from. Hey, loan me a quarter. I gotta make a phone call. <laughs> you come a long ways, my yeah. friend. Yeah. Thanks to Joanna Pepe Glass. Well, I try. This is a team effort. Yeah, well, I want to wish you guys the best. I hope that when things open up, you guys get a lot of gigs happening. Thank you, Thank you man. I saw you guys when you did the gig at the Canyon Club with yeah. uh, Association. Association, yeah. You guys did a great job. Thank, Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I, mean, so, I, I think we have a great band, but, you know, you have, and it's unique that we're two people. And when um, Joanna plays the guitar, she uh, wired it up so it does guitar and bass, so we sound like three. When she plays keyboard, she was classically trained, so she's all over that. Yeah. And then the violin with my percussion. We, we have a lot of different looks to us when we play live. That's incredible. You saw it, you know. We That's go out incredible. and do things, you know, um, most bands don't do. We're, yeah, but we you're going to have to buy some new stage clothes oh, because yeah. this thing looks like a, like a potato bag in yeah, you, man. Too big, I know. Yeah. You have to buy some clothes that fit you, is what I'm saying. 80 pounds later. Yeah. yeah I'm waiting to lose all the weight that I'm going to lose then. Then I'm going to go for it. That's incredible, man. Congratulations. Thank you, man. And you too. Welcome to our surprise segment. Now it's time for a visit from Madam Pepe. Welcome to Tarot Time. Uh, you can call to me, Madam Pepe, and I am in this place to show you the good fortunes of our guests. Uh, what I do, I summon the informations combined with cards so that you and our guests can receive learnings. Okay, let's go. Okay, I'm going to shuffle now. Um, this is for intuitions for Fred. 
Okay, for Fred Beato, what do we have here? Fred. Okay, what's this? Oh, Knight of Swords. All right, Fred. Well, this is a great card. What is that to mean? Now, for our listeners, what I see here, we have a knight in armor. He is holding up his sword high. He's on his horse. Him and his horse are flying. This represents Fred very much. I very much like this card for Fred. It looks kind of like him a little bit and um it means bravery they are ready to fight ready for war however right now there is no war happening uh fred is living in orange county very peaceful and so uh what does this mean it means fred is very courageous very brave and so he likes to take action and so i very much like this card for fred uh it has a lot of energy and passion uh, very little people have such talent for making these drum bags, Fred, okay? You make them very good. So you have to keep doing what you're doing. I want to suggest to you, Fred, if you're listening, to keep making those good quality drum bags, okay? And you will find for yourself some peace and uh, prosperity, okay? <laughs> Okay, that's it. I enjoy to bring um, good news and fortunes. Um, thank you very much for visiting me, Madam Pepe. Um, okay, no more. See you soon. Bye now. Shop.beetlebags.com Now it's time for our after show. This is where my bandmate, Ibra, and I usually chat about the recent episode or any random happening about our band. Okay, today has been too eventful, especially with oh, your yeah, dad. Oh, yeah, my dad and... almost peed in the car. Okay, talk. let's talk about that. BJ's today was insane. BJ's, the restaurant, not like blowjobs. You know karate? Yeah, when I'm mad, I know karate magically. But okay, let, let's start off. So today we had, man, so a lot has happened. Um, we were preparing to have our live stream performance for USC. So I would come over. Over, kind of like set up the equipment and then Abe wanted to go out um, at, to BJ's because they had an outdoor patio area that was you know socially distanced um, and uh, would follow you know the, the health code rules and stuff and Abe and I Abe and I and his dad who's 90 how, how old? 93 now? Okay, Almost yeah. Almost 94. Yeah, um, me, Abe, and his dad, uh, we all had the vaccine, and, you know, that doesn't guarantee anything, but, I mean, we are generally safe, and um, and uh, we take our precautions, and so we decided to go to BJ's, um, and it's been a long time since we all went and sat down at a restaurant. We finally did, but um, when we got there, man, I don't even know, like, like what happened. Um, we were okay. <laughs> so uh, Abe, was, you were with your dad, and you told me to go put our names down, and you said that you know you didn't want to sit somewhere where the wind was blowing in your face and that's what I told the host I was like okay we want to sit somewhere um where it's not windy so he sits us uh at the seats us at the back patio yeah like way around the corner it looked like like we were out in the middle of the wilderness yeah. like camping somewhere and I, <laughs> I didn't dig the vibe you know yeah I mean Abe's uh, gets a lot from social interactions, even yeah, though just, so, we're socially distancing. But he likes going. He's different from me. He likes going to restaurants. He likes sitting at nice tables. He likes looking around and seeing other people. Yeah, he likes I, the energy. I feed off the energy. Yeah, yeah. The tables are, but I just feed off being around people, looking at people. Yeah, we were right. We could see BJ's. The other place was out, like literally out in the the middle of the parking lot somewhere. Yeah. And I and there was like one couple there. Not that I'm going to talk yeah. to anybody, but it, yeah, I was. Uh, it just wasn't stimulating. I would have yeah. eaten at home for all that goes and not left a tip. Yeah, and then oh, so we walked poor Abuelo <laughs> all the way to the back the patio. Yeah, I call him Abuelo. And then um, and then Abe didn't want to sit there, so we get the hostess. We tell the waitress to get the hostess. The hostess comes, or the host uh, comes, and 
and we, we uh, you know, Abe tells him what he wants. Then we go get seated to the front patio. Um, and then uh, <laughs> and then we walk Abuelo all the way to the front area. And um, Abe was trying to point out what seat he wants. And the host is just trying to make sure he, he gets the right seat. And, um, you know... Uh, it, yeah, and then they said it would just take, um, you know, a couple minutes. They let us sit inside. You didn't yeah. want to sit, but me and my dad sat in a booth inside yeah, just waiting. Yeah, to wait. There just was nobody wait. there. Nobody yeah. by us. Yeah, and so then I just noticed uh, Abe had a mask, and I, I personally know he's taken the vaccine, but anyone around us, I just didn't want anyone around us to, like, give a shit because they didn't know that Abe took the vaccine. And then Abe was covering his face with this paper or the menu over and over and I was like hey you know why well, don't you real just quick, the, the way I was thinking we weren't by nobody it was my dad and me me yeah. and my dad both have had both of our shots <laughs> we weren't by there was you know the restaurant was not open yeah the other people that worked there were not even by us yeah so yeah I I wear the mask when I have to, but if I don't have to, yeah, it bothers me. I'm not gonna lie, it okay. bothers me. Yeah, so. and then so that's where he was coming from. That's his mindset. And then I was just thinking, okay, why not make your life easier? Just put on the mask, and you don't have to cover, keep covering your face. I'm looking at it on at a effort standpoint you know just like have the mask no one will give you shit and then you know and when we get to our table take it off i just you know i wasn't trying to boss him around or tell him what to do but anyways and so <laughs> and then abe you, you want to take over the story now um what happened it all happened so quick i think i said something about don't worry about it yeah. I, I, I don't want to wear them. I wear it if I have to. Yeah. And you, you know, replied like saying stuff. Yeah. And then it just. Well, and then I said, hey, you know, let's just drop it. I knew that, you know, things were like getting tense and I didn't want to make a thing about the stupid mask. And then. And then. No, well, then you yeah. said, well, I'm just not going to eat. Yeah, exactly. Because I because I started to feel stressed and I was like, fuck, like I just uh, me. I'm sensitive. <sighs> like my body gets sensitive. Well, I we don't both like, have bad tempers. Yeah. Just well, straight out. That, both that of us. too. But it's just like when I'm mad or, you know, where I feel tense, I just don't feel like eating. I wasn't trying to get back at you. It's well, like I thought you were like saying, no, well, no, no, F no. You and I'm gonna, you know, we're here, we're here at B. We went through all this trouble. I'm <laughs> like, now, and I was thinking, that's not fair to my dad. Yeah, you know? and I was like, well, yeah, go feed him then, whatever. And you're like, you just have to wait. And then I was like, okay, fine, I'll just sit around somewhere and wait. And then you changed your mind. You turned around. And you were like, you know what? You just go back to the house. You get your shit, and you just you can go. And I was like, fine. And then so then I. By the way, <laughs> I meant the podcast stuff. By the way. Yeah. Well, and I was, and I was just like, fuck it. And then, and so then, um, I left, I started walking and I was like, man, this is a big giant ass, um, parking lot. And then I passed by the host who's just like seeing me storm off. And then I start calling, um, a lift, you know, to get a ride. And I didn't even know where, what the address was. I didn't know where we were. <laughs> and like, there is like no place to stand to be picked up. But I just like stood where I could to like, and I ordered one and, um, one was on the way. And I turn around and I see this green Kia, uh, which is Abe and his and Abuelo was in there. And I was like, man, like <laughs> they got I was thinking, whoa, they got in the Kia pretty fast, you know. But um, and then I got a call from you and you're just like, well, let me just at least drive you home. And I was like, why don't you just you could have stayed and fed Abuelo. And you were just like, no, let me just drive you home. We're just going to eat at home. And then um, I got in. I was like, hey, you know, if I get in here, you know, it needs to be calm. I don't want to go on and on about this. And then, and, and well, I wasn't going to fight anymore. Yeah. And then <laughs> and I just didn't want you. I thought you were going to try and walk home or some crazy shit. Like yeah. That. And then, um, and then uh, I, I thought you guys were really going to just, like, stay there and eat. And I was thinking about it, but yeah. I just didn't feel right after, yeah. you know, yeah. I figured. <laughs> and then I was, then I was, then, and I guess we were just going to, like, go home and, oh, and and then, yeah, like, um, I was like, well, what can Abuelo eat? And he, you were like, oh, he has stuff at home. He does. And, then, mean, he, and then you were like, well, let's just go back. And I was like, well, <laughs> okay. And then we go back. And then um, we go <laughs> back in, and we bring Abuelo in, and then we let the 
hosts know, and then we run into a yeah, waiter. Yeah, the host is like, like, am I a candy camera or a punk <laughs> or some shit like this? Yeah. Um, and then we just sat down at the table that they cleaned up for us. And did, did you get a different waiter when you left? Like... Well, the one guy that was helping us was going to be our waiter, and I think he said, screw these two. I'll take the order, and they'll run out on me, and I won't even get a tip. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But after that, we sat down. We apologized to each other and stuff, and everything was good. And For a while, you know, but not with yeah. us. But my dad, who has full-blown dementia. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. He started acting up. Yeah. Well, it's um He can't help it though. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, of course. Fault. And um for anyone who's never had a a parent um or a relative with dementia, just if you can real quick, what is dementia? What's it like? They just you know, don't they're can't like, function. They're like a kid, right? Yeah, like, like a, a toddler. Kid. Aside yeah. from being almost 94, which is already like <laughs> a trip. Uh, his mind keeps getting worse and worse. Um, but yet he understands some things, but some of the things he does, like when he was drinking his Coke, he was doing things that were not right. Yeah. Um, when he was eating, he was getting a lot of good thing. You put the, the, the napkin the bib, on him yeah. like a bib, yeah. And then he, I gave him, uh, another round of the coke. Yeah. He wouldn't leave till he finished He's it. A we sweet were in tooth. a hurry to do the podcast. Yeah. And no, no, the live stream. Oh yeah, the live stream. Yeah. And then um, finally he drank it actually, and uh, and I'm all okay. Let's go. As soon as we get in the car, he started telling me in Spanish when we were driving out of the parking lot that he has to pee. Mm. And I told him to hold it. We'll be home. So I, st I was driving fast. I don't know if you noticed. I noticed, yeah. You know, because <clears throat> I was thinking, well, I don't want him to pee in here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we we went to this light, and as soon as we turned the light, I heard him say in Spanish, I can't hold it anymore. And I turned around. I pulled over or something. Oh, you're not speaking in the mic. I pulled over, and I see his Willy Wonka out of He had a zipper on um, the sweats he literally stuck his Willy Wonka out because you know what and he was going to pee right then and there in the car Yeah. and I yelled no and I pulled in this driveway no, you, you yelled some other stuff in Spanish right. like you kept going on Yeah. And, and then I pulled in the driveway and Joanne goes there's nowhere to pee I go I will find somewhere I went all the way to the back there was nobody there and I yelled at him the not in Spanish to not pee that I'm going somewhere where he can pee. And he actually peed a very little bit, but not mm. that much. Yeah. And peed, you know, where where he where we were at. <laughs> oh, and thank God that I told Joanne's good thing because he would have peed all over you because she was sitting in front of him. <laughs> she goes, "Oh hell no." Well, no, I, I actually I was trying to stay calm because. All of us freaked out that day, and I was like, you know what? If he does, I got an extra set of clothes. So I wasn't tripping, you know. Well, so. it wasn't the clothes; it was the car. Oh. When you pee in a car, that's like that's it. Not that easy to, <laughs> you know, yeah. to just like wipe it. It's gonna smell and all that. So yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, it more or less worked out, you know. Thank God. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, you know, pretty, it's a lot of work um, taking him to places because before he would tell you, hey, I got to use the restroom and then you'd take him to the restroom. Well, plus he didn't act up as much before. He was more behaved and he'd be real happy. Yeah. He acts up more now because he's really pretty crazy already. He really is. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not his fault. That's what dementia does, but... <sighs> That's why I really don't take them out that often because it's really, really, really hard. And I never know what he's going to do. Yeah. Anyway. It's, um, man. Speaking of him, I should go check. I don't even know if Brother Gene and them are here. They okay. were going to go somewhere. Okay, well, I mean, we got some definitely uh, interesting stories. So that about wraps it up uh, for this after show of Pepe and Ibra. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to listen and choosing our podcast. It really means a lot. 
Um, if you enjoy this, subscribe on YouTube. Give it five stars and leave a good review on Apple Podcast. Support us on Patreon and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For those of you who are also following our band, Glass Spirits, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash glass spirits. On our next episode, we're going to have pianist and keyboardist Richard Pariser from the pop band Robot Nature. It's a great episode filled with so much music industry knowledge, so definitely stay tuned to check it out. Please rate and review our podcast. And if you want to keep our podcast, Pepin Ebra, going, or even support our band, Glass Spirits, join our Patreon. For just $5, $3, or even $1 a month, you can help keep us afloat. Our band name, Glass Spirits, is one word, spelled G-L-A-S-S-P-I-R-I-T-S. The music you hear on this episode is our podcast theme song. It's an original song from our band, Glass Spirits, called Something Unspoken. You can download Something Unspoken from all major retailers or stream it on Spotify. Now, I'll leave you to enjoy the rest of our song, Something Unspoken. Again, thanks for tuning in and see you next time on Pepe and Ibra. Bye.